Welcome to 11th hour. It's 11 o'clock, so we're going to get started. Uh, Joanna in the green t-shirt is handing out the handout for today's talk. Um, so hopefully you can grab one of those, and if we run out, maybe share with a buddy. Um, as always, if you have a cell phone, if you could silence it or turn it off. And if there's questions at the end, I will carry around the microphone so we can capture those. Agents and editors love categories. They bifurcate the literary and the commercial. They use buzzwords like latte lit and upmarket fiction. Sometimes they use these terms as excuses to say no. They say that their list cues literary, or conversely, that they look for books that will really sell. As writers, we usually don't think in these terms. We think about words on the page. We think about clarity and depth, which is, what Venice, which is Venice Berry's topic for today. Venice Berry is an associate professor of African American Studies in Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Iowa. Her career began in radio news and expanded into teaching, media research, and criticism, as well as fiction, script, and nonfiction writing. She is the author of three national best-selling novels, So Good, An African American Love Story, All of Me, A Voluptuous Tale, and Colored Sugar Water. Her research has been published widely in numerous anthologies, nonfiction books, and articles. She's also the recipient of various literary awards, including the Honor Book Award from the Black Caucus of the American Library Association, the Creative Contribution to Literature Award from the Zora Neale Hurston Society, and the Iowa Author Award from the Des Moines Public Library Foundation. Please join me in welcoming Venice Berry. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I probably, let me just real quickly grab my glasses. I should have been doing that while she was talking, but I'm not used to wearing them. <laughs> As you get older, things happen, and you just don't have the kind of uh, abilities you used to have. Okay. Um, this um, exercise basically um, evolved from um, a question that I had. I, I actually enjoy reading a variety of um, um, authors. And I began, I mean, I've always noticed, but I really began to pay attention to the fact that some authors um, seem to write more deeply or in more depth than other authors. Not that anyone's better than the other, it's just different, you know, um, layers, different elements in their writing. And so um, I got together and I started thinking about, you know, the difference between somebody who, there's this range as you begin to think about being an author uh, that you have to kind of figure out where do you want to fit in that range. And so the way I, I assess this range is on one end you have Daniel Steele. And Daniel Steele writes pretty simply, you know, really basic, really clear. And then on the far end, I would put somebody like Toni Morrison, where, you know, it's very in-depth, very um, um, layered, a lot of complexity in the writing. And so one of the things you begin to understand, or at least I began to understand as I worked on my own writing style, is in order to figure out where I wanted to fit in that range, I had to decide what kind of time, what kind of commitment, what kind of effort I wanted to put into the writing. In order to write like Danielle Steele, you know, it doesn't take the same kind of effort and commitment that writing like Toni Morrison does. You really have to spend the time to do what she does um, with the, the way she writes, uh, the words she chooses, the metaphors she uses, the, 
um, different kinds of layering and complexities that she includes. So what I did was put together this kind of workshop to think about that, for new, particularly for new and, and emerging writers, you know, thinking about, you know, how do you, where do you want to fit? What, what do you want to do in relation to this industry that has a variety of options for you? You can, you can write like Danielle Steele. She's very successful. You can write like Toni Morrison. She's very successful. You can find somebody in the middle and think about that being part of your niche. Um, the thing that I thought was real interesting when I looked it up, in 30 years, over a 30-year period, Toni Morrison wrote nine novels. And over that same 30-year period, Danielle Steele had 79 novels. That is really extreme. <laughs> That's an extreme difference. And like I said, I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying they're very different. And that's kind of what you have to think about as an emerging writer. One of the things that uh, in reading several of uh, Danielle Steele's books and several of Toni Morrison's books kind of in this uh, research effort that I undertook during my contemplation of this idea of clarity and depth, um, I began to see some differences in um, the writing styles. And so I wanted to kind of bring those out and start to think about them. I'm going to have you do um, a little exercise, and then we'll kind of discuss some of the specifics as well as uh, open it up for questions and answers. So for example, um, one of the things um, I look at is clarity is really, in my opinion, the connection to words, the power of words, but words in their simplicity. So, I mean, I would argue that Danielle Steele's writing is clear. You know, the dog walked down the street. The dog saw the cat. The dog chased the cat. Now, of course, I'm being extreme about it, but that's really pretty close to the simplicity of her writing, just the, the basic elements of what she needs to say without a whole lot of extensions or, or expansions. Um, depth involves the intensity of language and the inclusion of very um, prominent imagery and visualization, I think. So um, one of the things I looked at was kind of what elements of clarity did Daniel Steele perpetuate? What elements of uh, imagery and visualization does uh, Toni Morrison demonstrate? And one of the quickest and easiest examples is um, in, in Toni Morrison's writing, she used this metaphor that I always, I mean, sometimes when you're reading a certain book, this is when you know you're a writer because you read differently than other readers. I'm reading this book, and I can't remember which book it came from at this moment, but this sentence just stopped me. I had to stop. It was so beautifully written and so just awesome in its complexity. So this was out of one of Toni Morrison's books. She said, a mournful symphony infected her smile. And this sentence just stopped me. And I was like, wow, you know, just what, I, I started thinking about what kind of effort went into creating that sentence. A mournful symphony infected her smile. Word choice was really crucial. She didn't say um, was part of her smile. Infected her smile is a very different term. 
it, it tells us something very different than it was part of her smile or, you know, created her smile. It infected her smile. And a mournful symphony, you know, creates a, a whole nother realm of, you know, adding some elements of music, adding some elements of flow, of, of a broader layering of complexity. Now, when you think about Danielle Steele's writing, the same basic idea, what she might say to perpetuate that same idea is she smiles sadly. Real simple. Gets to the point, says exactly the same thing, but it's very different, very clear. Okay? Um, I, I pulled two samples of paragraphs as well to kind of give you an idea of the difference in the two styles and the complexity, ver, um, clarity versus depth. So this comes from Danielle Steele's book, Full Circle. If you're not in government, you're absolutely no one there. And the sense of power is overwhelming. <laughs> it's all that matters there to anyone. He smiled at her. And it was easy to see that he'd been part of that. That must be hard to give up. She was intrigued by that. And she herself had wondered more than once if she would be interested in politics. But she didn't really think it would suit her as well as the law. Again, clear, simple, flows very directly. Now here's an example from Toni Morrison's book, Love. And it shows the difference in relation to imagery, visualization, and and um, depth. Poor mama, poor old May. To keep going, to protect what was hers, crazy like a fox was all she could think of. Husband dead, her crumbling hotel ruined by a rabid beach rat, ignored by the man for whom she had slaved, abandoned by her daughter to strange ideas, a running joke to the neighbors. She had no place and nothing to command, so she recognized the war declared on her and fought it alone. I think that it's really important and interesting to think about how we, as emerging writers, want to fit on this scale, on this range. Um, like I said, Toni Morrison wrote nine books in 30 years because each of her books takes three, four, five years to create. Danielle Steele wrote 39 books, or, I'm sorry, 79 books in 30 years. And it's because she might do a couple books a year because she's basically just putting the, she's putting the basics down. She's moving through easily, quickly, clearly, and putting just the basics down, not doing the kinds of layering and complexity and depth that Toni Morrison focuses on. So what I want to do before we start the uh, exercise is I want to see, are there any questions in what I've said so far? Do you have any issues or questions or, yes? Do I have it wrong? Yeah, it should be symphony, I'm sorry. That's why I said music. In my head I saw it right. A mournful sympathy. Yeah, it should be symphony. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yes, that's correct. Yes. Yes. 
Well, I, I think one of the things, um, I have another exercise that I do, um, a layering exercise. And, and so I think it's kind of up to you. I probably do maybe five to ten, five to seven revisions when I'm doing my writing. I'll put down the first draft, then I go through and kind of layer and add complexity, add description, add detail in various other revisions so that I kind of give it some depth. Now, I, I would never argue that I'm on Toni Morrison's level. I figure I'm probably somewhere in the middle. But it depends on you as a writer. It depends on your commitment and how much you're willing to put into it. Because um, I remember years ago, a woman um, was on an interview show, and she actually says she went on vacation for a week and wrote her novel. And it, it had gotten printed and everything. She went on vacation for a week and wrote it. It was like maybe 300 pages, and it got printed, and I was like, okay. <laughs> and so you can do it. I mean, it, it can be done. It's just what do you, as the author, want to be recognized? How do you want to be recognized? Um, some people, it's just the basics, and they just want to get out there and get recognized. Other people really want their work to be seen in a different way, to be viewed and read, you know, in a, in a different way. And so it's kind of up to you how you want to. Um. Matter of fact, one of my agents and editors um, in my various books have all had to just tell me, I just don't care, send it. Because I'm like, okay, wait a minute, I just wanted one more time. I just want to get through it one more time because there's a couple things I'd like to, you know, look at and fix and da-da-da-da-da. And um, so I'm just constantly you know, revising, because every time, that's one of the things I tell my students all the time, revision is your friend as a writer. If you want to be a good writer, revision is your friend. Every time you revise, your story gets stronger, it gets tighter, it gets better, it gets clearer, you know, so you've got to really pay attention to revision and really learn to love revision. I've met, you know, new writers who say, oh, God, I wrote this down and I tried to go through it one time, but I just, I'm just sick of it. Well, that's not really going to help you <laughs> or your writing because, you know, there, there's just things that you see as you do revisions. There's evolutions that the story goes through, that your characters, de you, you develop your characters. Um, we were talking in, in one of my class, uh, classes that, you know, I think Mozart used to be able to write his music one time and that was it. It was perfect and it was done. And I don't know, they, somebody did mention an author that could do that. I can't do that. You know, I, I put my first draft down. My goal for the first draft is just to get it on paper. And for many new writers, even current writers, that's the, that's the thing, is you got to get it on paper. A whole lot of people come up to me during book, review, book um, signings and say, oh, you know, I have this great idea for a book. You know, what do I do? How do I do it? And my answer is always get it on paper. The only difference between you and me is mine's on paper. I get mine on paper. And if, I, if you can get it on paper, you can get it to the point where you can approach an agent or approach an editor. So I think that that's an important element. And so, again, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to do in this exercise is get you to think about, again, what kind of writer you want to be. Um, if you're okay with Daniel Steele, niche, which is just fine. Like I said, I'm not saying anybody's better than anybody else. If you're okay there, great. But if you want to be somewhere in the middle, if you want to be somewhere, you know, um, higher on the range, or, or not higher, but further over, <laughs> I don't want to make it a, a hierarchical. 
But anyway, um, that's fine too, but I think you need to think about it now as you're developing your writing, as you're developing your, your um, habits, your skills, your talents, you need to start thinking about where you want to be in that range of potential writers. Any other questions? Okay, what I want to do then, oh yes. Well, one of the things that I recommend is that um, as you do different revisions, you do focused revisions. That, that helps a lot of times. Like, for instance, if you revise, looking for everything, looking for grammar, looking for uh, word problems, looking for places where the characters don't, um, aren't developed the way they should be, looking for places where the plot falls apart. I mean, you really can't, I mean, I guess the young kids can, because you guys can do a whole bunch of stuff at the same time. I can't <laughs> do it all at once. So what I do is I really try to focus on, I focus ver various revisions on specific things. So I may, if, if I'm having a problem with my character and my plot connecting, I'm going to look for, I'm going to do a specific revision looking for places where I can make that happen looking for elements in the plot where the character can be brought in in a different way or in a better way, looking for places where the character is described or developing, where I can kind of merge that character into some element of the plot line. You know, and so that's all I'm looking for when I read through the draft. I'm, I'm just looking for ways to fix whatever that particular problem is. I'll do one that's just straight grammar, just editing, wording, you know, punctuation, those kinds of things. I'll do another one where maybe I'm looking for places where I can show instead of tell. Even, you know, people who've written novels, seasoned writers, we get caught in that telling mode. And um, so I'll look for places and i say, oh, you know what? I could create a really great scene where, you know, they're talking to so-and-so and this information comes out instead of me just telling the reader this information. So I might do one where I'm just looking for places where I can show instead of tell. And I think that that really does help to add depth to your writing. Again, you don't, when you figure out that you don't have to do it all the first time, it makes a huge difference in finishing when you're a first-time author, when you're an emerging author. Because um, some of us think that, oh, my God, Toni Morrison, you know. She, she spent, I think she said one time that there was one, her first line, um... I can't remember the name of the novel, but the first line is, they killed the white girl first. That's the first line. And she said she was almost done with the book. She had went through that first line a zillion times trying to figure out what was she going to say, how was she going to write it. And it went through all kinds of different evolutions before it came out to be just very simplistic. They killed the white girl first. And I, like I said, I don't remember the name of that book. Somebody else out there might. But um, it was this group of people living, I don't know if they were... They weren't nuns, but they were living together in this house. Paradise, okay. And um, 
somebody comes in and starts killing everybody and they killed and that's how she started the story but she said it took her I mean the book was almost done she had been working on it for years she had wrestled and fought with that line for so long and finally that's how it ended up just being a real simplistic boom da 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 da, -da boom and it's really powerful it starts the story in a very powerful way did I answer your question <laughs> okay all right, so let's take a moment, um, pull out a piece of paper. This is going to be a real quick exercise. It's on your sheet. For clarity, I want you to just write one paragraph, a, a short paragraph. It only has to be maybe three lines. Um, and write it as if it would be part of a Danielle Steele novel, the way Danielle Steele would write, the way you see, you know, kind of a simplistic, clear, clear writing style. Like I said, two, three, four lines at the most. Three or four lines at the most. And it could be part of the writing you're doing now. It could be something totally different. It's up to you. Okay, great. Now what I want you to do is to take that same simplistic, clear paragraph, and I want you to go into it and think about, place, look at places where you can add description, detail, complexity, some element of layering to give it more depth. I want you to take that real simplistic paragraph and make it deeper. Give it more depth. Look at places where you might be able to tell us a little something about the character, something about the setting, the context but still maintaining that same idea or that same event. Okay. You know, it's amazing to me how many times I've read that line and I haven't seen the difference between sympathy and symphony. <laughs> that just goes to show you why revision is important. You've got to just keep looking at it over and over again. I'm telling you, it amazes me. Sometimes I think it's just gremlins that go in and just change stuff on you. Because um, I swear it was symphony. I would swear that. <laughs> but then I looked at it again on my computer, and it actually says symphony. I'm like, okay, <laughs> where I printed it from. But anyway, I, I really don't believe in writer's block. I believe you can always do something. Like I said, I could take this exercise right here and get myself writing again. Anything else? Okay, I think we're pretty much at the end anyway. Thank you so much. <laughs> <sighs>